All right, good evening. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is July 21st, 2022 and week 181. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, just like two weeks ago, uh, we were we should have been live last week, but this is another pre-recorded message and I'm not sure how many more after this will be pre-recorded. But um, as I mentioned then, we are in the process of moving, expensive and um, tedious process, always having to move a lot of stuff, find transportation, um, trying to find what's gonna work in between two different locations. So it causes for times like this where we do have to pre-record the message. But as always, if you um, have any questions, please just leave them in the comment section or just inbox us. Unfortunately, we won't be able to answer them live, but we still would love to get your questions. So as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about foolish preaching. Uh, we had a topic a while ago called the foolishness of preaching. And as well as um, Tony covered it this past Monday in our uh, Bible study, it's a great message because when a, uh, especially a true preacher from God preaches the truth, it's going to sound foolish to the majority of people. And just for that fact, they will, they will turn away because it's not what they want to hear. But those same messages, those very messages be the ones that we need to hear in order for us to get saved. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. I pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As usual, we like to start by saying a prayer. So uh, please use this chance that you have to join in this prayer with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for another blessed opportunity. Lord, we thank you for all the many things that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for our life, health, and strength, everything that you've continued to give us. Lord, we thank you for our family, our friends, um, everyone that you've put in our lives, even those uh, people who have been a negative factor in our lives, because Lord, we understand that all things work together for the good. And so Lord, we're, we're praying and we know that everything that you have allowed to happen to us, it is to propel us to the people that you're calling us to be. And so Lord, help us to just continue to have the right mind, have the right attitude, have the right heart. Uh, help us to be pure at heart, Lord Jesus. Help us in the moment, not uh, 30 minutes later, 50 minutes, an hour, two days, uh, two weeks, a year. Lord, help us right in the moment to make better decisions, um, so that we can be saved because, Lord, we understand that's the most important thing. Lord, no matter what happens to us in this life, help us to remember that there is still a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So tonight we're talking about foolish preaching. Um, I'm going to attempt to do that tonight. Uh, so if you called uh, what I'm saying foolish, that is going to be true from a, a perspective that does not see things the way God sees them. Now, God is not calling this foolish preaching. People are calling it that. So we're going to pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and um, verse, I think it was what, 21? 
22? Yes, sir. 21. All right. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God wants you to be saved. And we are doing this broadcast because we want you to be saved. Only because of the love of God that dwells in us. That's the only reason. Otherwise, we'd be out doing whatever we want to do right now. But the love of God has changed us. And so now we're putting forth a foolish message. We're doing some foolish things. Some people say, well, y'all are spending this money on that. Y'all are wasting these hours talking about that. To someone, this is foolish. Someone said, oh, God isn't even real. To someone, this is foolish. But you know what? This makes the most sense. It is actually not foolish. But God is saying this from our perspective, from our point of view. He understands that a lot of people in the world say this is foolish. Man, there is no life after death. You just die and that's it. Someone is going to call this foolish. But you know what? If you would believe this message, you would be saved. So that's that's the approach that we, we have. That's the angle that we're attacking this thing tonight. We're talking about preaching. And it's going to sound crazy to you. So I want to go to something that Jesus said. Um. We're, we're not going to stay here long in 1 Corinthians. Um, so let us go over to the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 53. Now, Jesus said a lot of things that appeared to be foolish. You know, at the wedding, um, at the marriage here, um, Jesus was approached and they told him the people had no wine. So he told them to take the water pots, fill them up with water. And then, of course, water was in them. So now he tells them to draw out the water and carry it to the governor, to the person over the wedding. He told them to do this. And you know, I, I, I thought about that. Um, some time ago, I remember we were in a Sunday school lesson, and I was wondering at what point, you know, we, we better go and get that. Before we get this, go to John chapter 1. Before we, before we read this, I believe I want John chapter 1. It might be chapter 2, actually. Yeah, chapter 2. John chapter 2. Let's start at verse 1 here. I, I want to show you how Jesus did and said a lot of foolish things. So now if you, if you're not hearing something that sounds foolish, initially now, 
if you don't, if you're being preached to and you never felt that anything didn't sound right, you're probably in the wrong place. Because something you hear, you should initially now say, man, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to do that. Let's go to the scripture and I I want to show you what I'm talking about. So John chapter 2 and verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, Mm -hmm. and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Mm -hmm. And then when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. She said they have no wine. Drop to verse 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Now there were six big water pots, pots that they used to wash their hands in. This was their custom. There were six pots. Jesus' mother Mary told the the people at the wedding, whatever Jesus tell you, just do it. Even if it's foolish. Whatever he says, do it. We find that in verse 5. We didn't read it. But his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, just do it. Don't question it, do it. All right? So we're at verse 7. Jesus saith unto them, unto him, unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. You know, this is foolish. This is foolish. In our minds now. Because if someone says, we don't have any wine, and this man tells you, look, fill these pots up with water. We said, hold on, man. We said we don't have any wine, not water. We're not trying to drink the water. But he was showing us something here. He was showing us something. And because someone out there is too focused on the wine, you're going to miss the message. Because what this is showing us is the fact that with water comes blood. Now, you say, well, that doesn't make sense. See, this is what I'm talking about. The foolish preaching. You say, well, I don't see it that way. Yeah, to you it sounds foolish. But I'm trying to show you. This is the truth. So Jesus here tells them, fill up these pots with water, all right? And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. Now, we didn't see. He didn't tell us at what point the water became wine. Didn't tell us. It did not say from what we have read thus far. Didn't I say? He just told them to fill the water pots with water, and he said they filled them. Then he told them, look, draw it out and go and take it to the governor of the feast. So, if these people, these servants now, If these servants, they see this water because they feel the pots up, you know what? They're going to say, man, we're wasting time here. Why would I 
fill this up with water. And then you tell me to dip some in this cup and now go take it to the man. Man, I know it's water. I already know it's water. There's nothing different about it. We say this man is crazy. It's foolish. But there was going to be a miracle that take place that took place. Read that next verse, verse nine. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Now it tells us the water was made wine, but when did it happen? When did it happen? Key read, Mel. And knew not whence it was, mm-hmm. but the servants which drew the water knew. The servants drew the water. It says they drew water. See, now this is what I believe. From looking at this scripture, I believe the same thing happened that happened when Jesus, when Jesus told the the lepers, 10 lepers, that came to him to be healed. And he told them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, As they went, when they were on the way, the transformation took place. The change happened. They were cleaned on their way. And somebody noticed. The one noticed. And he turned back around and fell at the feet of Jesus to thank him. So now, I believe here, same thing took place. As the servants went, to the governor because it tells us the servant drew water. He drew water out. But by the time it made it to, good God of my, by the time it made it to the governor, it is now wine. He's showing you water to blood. And you say, that I didn't see nothing about blood in there. Well, you have to understand preaching. You have to understand the truth. See, from the beginning, water has always been associated with blood and blood water. If you understand the children of Israel leaving Egypt, they came to what sea? The Red Sea. It represents water and blood. I know wine is red also, but it represents blood. That's what it represents. Moses, he turned the Nile River from water into blood. You go back and look at it. Jesus, he dropped sweats off his head. Excuse me. <laughs> Lord help me. He dropped sweat off of his head. And he said it were as great drops of blood. He was pierced in the side on the cross and it said, Out came water, and not wine, but water and blood. The Bible continues to make a connection with water and blood. That's the reason you get baptized today, because of the water and blood connection. You receive the blood of Christ when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, because that water is changed from water to blood. Now, I know you don't see it. I know you say that's crazy. But I'm telling you, 
This is the truth. This is the foolish preaching. So Jesus here, I, I went here. I wasn't planning to go here, but I went here. Because I want to show you, Jesus told them to do some things that appear to be foolish. Because any one of us in this situation, they did not know he was going to turn water into wine. They didn't know that. We know now. But while they're doing it, I can guarantee you somebody was there thinking, man, why are we doing this? She told them whatsoever he said, do, just do it. Because somebody's questioning, why are we doing this? What does water have to do with this? But Jesus performed this miracle. This is the first miracle that Jesus performed. First miracle recorded now. Water into wine. Because it represented water into baptism. Excuse me, water into blood. And you know, baptism is one of the first things we're told to do. There's no coincidence there. This is water into blood. So, Again, it would appear foolish to you if you had been in this situation. He tells you to draw out some water and take it to the governor. You know, this person would have looked at you crazy if you brought them this cup of water. We said, man, I already got water. We were out of wine. But God, through Jesus now, performed a miracle. This was foolish what he told them, though. You know, I, I, I can think about um, Naaman, who also had leprosy back in the Old Testament. He came to the prophet. Prophet told him to go down and dip himself. I believe it was a prophet Elisha. Told him to go down and dip himself seven times in the water. And Naaman said, man, why would I do that? Why would I do that? Seemed foolish. Seem, man, that doesn't make sense. Naaman said, look at so many other bodies of water, so many better places I can go and dip myself. You know, this is how we, this is how we treat God. Anything he tells us to do, we say, why would I do that? You know, I think it'd be better if I did this. Well, I think it'd be better if I did that. We think we're so smart. But we have to concede. We have to be willing to submit to what God says. God knows best in every situation. So if you are able to look past your own thoughts, he told us not to be wise in our own conceits. If you are able to look past your own own thinking. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. His are so much higher. If you would only look past what you think, we can see the glory and the salvation of the Lord. You know, these things seem so foolish to us. God, uh, we talked about it just Monday. God told Noah to build an ark. And in this ark, there were so many different types of animals. And so even if somebody wanted to get in this ark, you would look at the animals, the lion, the bears, tigers, snakes. Somebody would see the roach, the rat, 
and you wouldn't get in it. You say, man, it could be just rats, mice in there. You would not get in it because somebody's afraid of these things. So it's going to seem foolish for me to tell you to get in there. I say, look, come on over. Come get in the ark. It's only, it's only mice in here. You say, Tony, you lost your mind. <laughs> you telling me that's what I have to do to be saved? Now, I just don't believe God would say that. I'm sure somebody said this now because people are saying it today. Nothing is different. But Noah was preaching a foolish message. It had never rained. And on top of it never raining, there's animals in here that people are afraid of. And he's telling people, God wants you to come in. Somebody said, that's crazy. And that's the reason only eight people end up being saved. Only eight people. God is still having preachers preach a message that seems foolish. See, it's the Bible said, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, it said it pleased God. It pleases God to do it this way. This is the way he chose. He's going to tell you something that you say, well, I, I just don't think so. I think it'll be this way. I think it'll be that way. God is sending someone to tell you a message and we're going to ignore it. And we're going to call it foolish preaching, a foolish message. So only eight people were saved. And now we go back to Jesus. We're going to go to the book of John. Back to, well, we were already in John, but John chapter 6 and verse 53. John 6 and 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Read that again, Mel. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now, this is what Jesus said now. He said, except you eat his flesh and drink his blood. He said, you got no life in you. I want to show you how the people responded. Drop down to verse 59. Drop to 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? They said, man, what is he talking about? How are we supposed to do this? I mean, what is he even talking about? This dude is crazy. Foolish preaching. Go up to verse 59 so I can show you he was preaching. Verse 59 for us. These sayings said he in the synagogue. Now, this is a church. He was in a church when he was preaching this message. Uh-huh. As he taught in Capernaum. That's what preaching is about. To teach someone. To pass a message. So he's preaching this message. And many of these people said, man, what in the world is he talking about? Who can, who can hear that? Who can do this stuff? 
man talking about eating his body. He's a lunatic. He is crazy. Foolish preaching. But you know, God chose this. See, you have to get an understanding of what he's talking about. Don't be so fast to say, man, that's crazy. You have to stay and get an understanding. And they did not do that. Verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? He said, Are you offended by what I said? Are you offended? You know, we get offended by things we don't even have an understanding of. That's the quickest way for us to be offended. We have no understanding of what is going on. A lot of times, we'll see, <laughs> we'll get so offended. Um, I've been guilty and I've, I've seen it happen too. Sometimes you'll pull out in front of somebody and you did not even know. You didn't even know you did it. Because you're trying, you're not trying to kill yourself. But a lot of times you you might not have even known you did it. And the person's honking their horn, throwing finger signs at you. I mean, just upset as they want to be. Not even understanding that you didn't even know. And you're even in the car saying, man, I'm, man, I'm sorry. I, man, I didn't see that person. And then they pull up to you throwing finger signs, mad at you. Now you get mad because you had just finished apologizing. See, this, this happens. People don't get an understanding. We jump to a conclusion. And that's what the people did here. They jumped to a conclusion, and now they became offended by what Jesus said. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. All because of what he said. Somebody said, man, we're we not following this guy no more. He has lost his mind. Even though Jesus had did all these miracles, all these wonderful works, somebody backslid. Somebody went back. They said, man, I, I don't know what's gotten into him. I just don't agree with that. It offends me, and I'm bothered by it. Somebody went back. Read that again for us, Mel. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Many of his disciples went back, and they walked no more with him. Somebody went back. Look, friends, we already covered this message. Once saved is not always saved. He called them his disciples. You can fall back and be lost. But they felt this way because his message seemed foolish. He said, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Now, I've told you, uh, even at the beginning of this message, blood has a reference to water baptism. Blood has a reference to water baptism. So Jesus told you to do two things. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's drinking his blood because the blood covers you when you go down in the water. That's the reason you have to be fully covered, to be fully covered by the blood. Back in the Old Testament, at the Passover, 
they were told to put the blood at the top of the door, representing covering the house. This is why we get baptized fully immersed in the name of Jesus. The blood covers you. So he also told them to eat of his flesh. This is receiving the Holy Ghost. This is receiving the Holy Ghost. So if they would have stuck around, somebody would have understood what he was talking about. Somebody would have learned. We talked about it in Bible study um, some weeks back. He said, if you would have stood in my council, you would have known how to deliver my people. But because we're so fast to jump to a conclusion without getting an understanding, without getting an understanding, we get the wrong, uh, we get the wrong conclusion. We jump to the wrong answer. We jump to the wrong interpretation. So this message seemed foolish, but all he was talking about, and you might say, I don't see it that way. You might say, I don't see it that way. Go pick up. Let's pick up. Um, let's pick up. I guess I want to get Acts 2 and 38, I guess. Let, let's pick that up. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know what? Let's let's actually go over to the book of 1 John, chapter 5. This is the same two things that Jesus said. This is the same two things, repenting, receiving the Holy Ghost, and being baptized in the name of Jesus. That is eating his flesh, which is being baptized by the Spirit. Receiving the Holy Ghost, that's all eating his flesh is. See, God wants us to consume his word, for his word to come inside of us, for his spirit to live in us. That's all he meant by eating his flesh. That's all he meant. He said in so many different ways. He told us in the book of John chapter 3, he said, except a man is born again of water and spirit. He said he cannot enter in. Same thing he said that we just read, and I believe it was John chapter 6. Same thing. He just said over there, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He said, you won't have no part. Same thing he said in John chapter 3. But because they did not get an understanding, they did not comprehend. So in the book of 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and let's pick up verse 8 there. And there are three that bear witness in earth. Bear witness in earth. Now, Jesus, in the book of John, chapter 3, we're not going to get it. But in the book of John, chapter 3, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. He said, look, you don't understand all these things? And you're a ruler in Jerusalem? 
He says, because you don't have our witness. So he's going to tell us what three witnesses are. Read for us, Mel. The Spirit. The, the Spirit now. The Holy Ghost. The Spirit. Uh-huh. And the water. Mm-hmm. And the blood. The water and the blood. Now, I told you earlier, they go hand in hand. You cannot separate the water from the blood. There's a reason we find all throughout Scripture, water and blood is connected. Cannot separate the two. Go ahead, Mel. And these three agree in one. They agree in one. They are not one. They agree in one. Glory be to God. The Bible tells us How can two walk together except they be agreed? So if there's going to be two different things, they have to agree. Here, he tells us these three agree. And I'll tell you these three are actually two. Is actually being baptized of the water, which is water and blood. And receiving the Holy Ghost is really only two, but he broke it down to three. Somebody might not understand that, but you keep hanging in there. You will understand, but you have to be willing to continue to pray, continue to ask God to open your eyes and not just stop. Because something sounds foolish to you. Because, well, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't see why I got to do this. I don't see why I got to do that. Except what you find in the Word, though. You might not see why just yet. But accept what you find in the Word. So, really, really, there are two things. Because I told you water and blood are together. They are together. It's the same two things Jesus told them they must do. Eat of, his, eat of his flesh, which is receiving the spirit, and drink of his blood, which is getting baptized in the name of Jesus. There's a reason we keep talking about these same things. And to you, is foolish. To you, you say, well, I don't think I need to do all of that. It, you might not think so. But the Bible said it pleased God. This pleases God. Don't you want to please God? So I thank God for you guys. And I hope you will continue to hear some foolish preaching. It's not foolish now. But somebody's going to think it is. When you start living right, people, people say you're crazy. But it's because someone preached to you and told you you need to live right because you didn't wake up and having never heard the word, you just were living right. You didn't do that. Somebody had to tell you. I thank God he, he had someone tell me, Tony, you need to get right. I thank God. I need some foolish preach. I need to be told, get baptized in the name of Jesus. Repent. Love your enemy. Love your neighbor. Look, even if someone is doing you wrong, still love them. 
Somebody say that's foolish. But that's what God told us to do. Even if you have an opportunity to do wrong, don't do it. Even if you could steal something without somebody seeing, don't do it. Why? Because God told you not to. Even if you could hurt somebody without anyone knowing it was you, you got an opportunity to ruin someone, don't do it. Even if they've caused so much pain in your life, don't do it. Somebody said, that's foolish. I got to get them back. They did this to me. It's foolish to you now. But to God, this makes the most sense because God is love. And so that's what it's about. I just want to preach to you this foolish message of love, unconditional. People say unconditional love. But our love does come with a condition. The condition is you better not mess, mess over on me or it won't be no love. If you don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. That's our condition. But God said, look, even if they started, let it be nothing. Don't retaliate. Don't render evil for evil. God told me don't go and try to get even with somebody. You know that sounds foolish today. I said, man, I bet I get them back. <laughs> God's going to take too long. That's what people think is foolish. So God bless you guys. And let us keep going along on this journey to be saved because it's important. So until the next time, I will say thank you guys. And I'll turn it back over into the hands of Melvin. God bless you. Thank you. Um, I hope that you got something out of that. Um, the first verse that we covered, it said God was pleased that people would get saved through the foolishness of preaching. And I'm just reminded of another time where God was pleased. And it was when Jesus was baptized. We heard well, we, the voice of God said, this is my son and thee, I'm well pleased. So I just pray um, that's the first two things or one of the first two things um, that goes for our salvation. We've talked about it countless of times with the water and the blood message um, about three years ago called a blood transfusion. We think about a doctor. Well, Jesus is the doctor. The water turns into blood and that sounds foolish. Another place in um, I believe is first Corinthians. It said, God chose the foolish things of, of the world to confound the wise and the weak to confound the strong. It said that in, in their smartness and their knowledge that they knew not God. And we can look and see all of these super smart people. Um, Stephen Hawking, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and more they say there is no God, but we see in the Bible, it said the fool says that there is no God. So I pray that we all take heed, get baptized in Jesus name, get the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't remember when it was about three or four weeks ago, we had a Bible study and we were talking about baptism and somebody asked a question. And they said, "We, I need to get rebaptized in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. 
And all we could say was praise God. That's what this is all about, trying to reach people so that they might be saved. It's still up to you guys. You know, we, we can get on here. Oh, man, we've been on here for over three years now. We can tell you all, any source of things, but it's still up to you. You know, they're saying <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So I pray that you guys do both of those. And once you do that, keep going. Continue in his word because that is just the foundation. Think about a house. You you don't stop at the foundation and then have the house built. You have to keep going. The walls, ceiling, the ceiling, the attic, the roof, keep going. So that's all I have to say. I, I just pray that we all take heed. As I always like to say, um, my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to have you there. It's a good message each and every Monday. And there are no comments because this is pre-recorded. So don't think we ignored you, um, but please leave your comments, leave your questions, and we will get back to them when we can. So as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. And I just want to say even that right there. When I say that there is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm, that will sound foolish to somebody because they'll come up with any kind of scenario and say, well, what about this? What about that? How can you possibly be joyful during that? Well, if we know what God can do, then there's reason to be joyful. Every single situation that we've been gone through in our life, God has brought us through, yet we still find reason to worry. You know, and that's just a human emotion. But at some point we have to realize like, hey, God can get me through this too. And I haven't said it in a while, but if he can bring you to it, he can definitely bring you through it. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. I know um, next week, and I'm not sure how many weeks going forward will be pre-recorded because I, I say we are in the process of moving yet again. So next week should be pre-recorded. Nothing changes for the podcast. It will be just like normal. So I thank you guys for tuning in. I thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And we shall see you next week, but it will be pre-recorded if the Lord blesses and says the same. So you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.